Welcome to the Hunted and Gathered podcast. We're hunting and gathering home design, decor, and renovation ideas from designers, bloggers, and do-it-yourselfers from across Canada and beyond. Discover your inner designer and be inspired to make your own living space feel more like home. Jeanette Ewan is Canada's leading decor and style expert, and for more than a decade, she's been sharing her passion for design and fashion to her avid fans through magazines, newspapers, TV, and social media. She was named by National Post as one of only three Canadian stylists who get it. Jeanette's extensive resume includes appearing on television from coast to coast, Debbie Travis's From the Ground Up, and Inside the Box, which she hosted with Ty Pennington. I'm a huge fan of the style superhero for her creative, budget-friendly, unique, and ever-evolving approach to decorating. I'm so excited to talk with you today, Jeanette. Thank you so much for being with me. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you. This is so great. So I'm just going to jump right into the questions, and um, you know, maybe you can just first start by describing your style. I would describe my style as eclectic uh, retro glamour, I think. I love, was really inspired growing up by the movie Auntie May. So I love kimonos and big chunky jewelry and anything vintage I can find. But then mixing it up with eclectic finds that I thought for while I'm traveling. I always like to have like, a little bit of a nod to the past, but everything's actually secretly pretty comfortable because, you know, there's a lot of running around that I do. So I need things to be able to you know, multifunctional in different climates and be comfortable when I'm like thrifting and shopping and stuff like that. I love that. And I love your kimonos. I always see them in your pictures. Okay. And, and take this in the best way possible. But I get like the whole Golden Girls Blanche Devereaux, which I love. Like she was my favorite. I love you. <laughs> and I... <laughs> oh, I, I look at that and I'm like, yes. Because to me growing up, that was like the epitome of a glamorous woman. Right? Because, I mean, you're little and you're watching I her. I totally and... agree. <laughs> so I'm so glad I that you wear Golden them. Golden Girls was my favorite show when I was little. No, I love Golden Girls. And I just want, you know, as we get older, I, you know, sometimes want my arms covered and things like that. Mm -hmm. And it's, just, it's kind of like walking around with my security blanket on, but it's a yes. little more chic. <laughs> That's a great way to describe it because I've recently started wearing more and it's probably a subconscious, you've inspired me subconsciously, um, but you can find really good ones at the thrift store because, I mean, not everyone, that's not everyone's taste. And I, you're totally right. You just throw it on and your your outfit looks like it takes it up a notch mm -hmm, for sure. It, it totally does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a great description of your style. And you did you did say that it was, you know, like this feminine and um, style you do. I, I really think that you have a glamorous vibe. Um, do you have a favorite way to infuse glamour into a space? I think just layering and not being afraid of adding more. I always say to people, especially if they're in a small space, when it, they tend to go minimal, I think, well, think if you had a Parisian little pied-a-terre, like a 500-square-foot apartment in Paris. You would probably have velvet drapes, a chaise, a harp in the corner. And I love to add objects and items that tell a story. So whether it's mm -hmm. a crystal chandelier or a really patterned sofa, that you can imagine someone being a little bit more glamorous on it. I look for objects and furniture that kind of speak the same language. So... You can tell if something's glamorous. It's got a little more oomph to it. So I like to incorporate those things in. A lot of great accessories, you know, elegant lamps, beautiful vases, little quirky accessories layered up with books and stuff. Anything that gives insight into the personality mm -hmm. is key. And then, of course, you just pick items that nod to a glamorous personality. Oh, that's great. And I like the way that you said it. It should tell a story. And I like if it's a glamorous story, that's that's even better. 
And even your example exactly. of, a, of a of a space in Paris. I love it. It's it is beautiful. It's beautiful sounding. Mm-hmm. Great. It's so true. And pattern, pattern's a great way to do it too. Like luxurious wallpaper. Mm-hmm. Even if you just wallpaper your ceiling or one wall, it just adds that adds that depth. That's great advice. I I like when you walk into a room, and I'm loving wallpaper right now. I'm really glad that it's back. But um, I love when you walk into a room and it has wallpaper because it does. It gives you that depth. It gives you more to look at, and it just feels like you've, I don't know, you're you're surrounded or or something. It's a little bit more comfortable. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. So, do you have a favorite space that you've created? I have probably two. One I'm just working on now, and one finished last year. I feel we are asked by the Fairmont Royal York to redo their rooftop, which is where they keep all their bees and they they wanted a chef's kitchen and it was pretty run down. So I did a checkerboard pattern with tile, um, sort of ceramic tiles and grass. We brought in really kind of elegant furniture. We built a chef and outdoor kitchen. And then I say bees because I was working with my business partner at Parker Barrow, Jeff Hancock. And then Jeff did a giant, it was an eight foot by 12 foot bee. That was all laser cut with beautiful colors, and it just—you go up there and you're transported out of the city somewhere special. That sounds amazing. And then amazing. I'm working on a project right now. Yeah, it's really—if you get a chance to go up there, it's, it's really beautiful. And the chef comes up and cooks for you, and there's private tours up there, so it's pretty special. And you get to see where they make all those Fairmont honey. So that's wow—that's pretty cool to me. I'm gonna make sure and then that I check it out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm working on a space right now. I just had a meeting with my client last night in Los Angeles, and it's called the Silver Fox, and it's kind of a men's private shopping area. So we went to London to gather all the inspiration, and there's they loved my design plan, so I was really excited last night, and um, it's just really layered and kind of like bringing some romance back to the men, mm-hmm. kind of like a nod to the 1920s with a bit of mid-century modern, so having a lot of fun with that space. That sounds so exciting. So I hope that you'll post pictures of that when it's done because it's it's probably not something that, um, you know, I'll, most of us will be able to get down to. But um, is it a private shopping area or will it be open to the public? It'll be open to the public, but it's great because there's kind of an initial area you walk in and then there's a sliding bookcase and you go back and there's this whole kind of man, very masculine, great Gatsby inspired type of den area where you can buy everything from a motorcycle to a customized motorcycle helmet, vintage books that you love. So it's going to be the two guys doing the store are really cool. Um, so I think it's going to go good places. But yeah, I will definitely be posting pictures of it. That just sounds amazing. Like you had me at bookcase that you slides open. That's it. I want to be <laughs> I there. I know, right? And wow. Because that's when you first walk in, we're putting a big floral uh, fridge in. So when the guys are shopping, they don't forget to bring flowers back to their partner. So we thought that was kind of fun. <laughs> wow. That's very cool. Um, so you are a Canadian designer and you, as you mentioned, you know, you're in LA right now and the UK, um, and you've worked all over. So would you say there's a Canadian aesthetic? And if there is, how would you describe it? I think there for sure is. And I think it's really coming into its own. It's kind of funny because we saw a lot of that hipster trend. I see it in Silver Lake here or in Williamsburg in New York. And it's almost, that's our aesthetic. We're kind of a mix of like Scandinavian meets rustic reclaimed wood with a little bit of, you know, traditional fabric. Mm-hmm. That's very much like uh, the middle of Canada and the East Coast. But I'm in Vancouver a lot, and there's definitely a super unique aesthetic there, which I find really exciting when you go to places like the Pacific Rim Hotel, um, a lot of the restaurants there. It's got kind of a mid-century modern Canadian vibe to it, and it's 
kind of exciting. Canadians are getting a little more bold with their style. So it's interesting to see the new Canadian styles emerging. But there's definitely two distinct ones. The East and the West have very much their own look. Oh, that's, you know, I had never heard that before. So that's really something that I'm going to be on the lookout for. You know, I've heard, I, I when you know when you were talking about like the Scandinavian rustic, I'm like, yes, I can picture that. But actually, I haven't been to the, to the West Coast. So I, you know, when you're describing that, like, yeah, I can, you know, from pictures, I can pick up on that. But that sounds really beautiful. And I hope that moves a little bit, it's a, a little, little bit there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there's a new restaurant in the Pacific Rim upstairs. And it's very, um, they did like peach, a very kind of 1980s, lots of brass and mm-hmm. stuff. And I'm seeing more of that in the stores over there as well. Oh, I hope it really comes this way because, um, I mean, I'm in Ontario and I hope I hope it comes this way because I think that's got that like that glamorous edge a little bit that I think we've been missing. Like, I mean, I, I really do like rustic style, but I am, you know, I would I'm kind of done with with um, wooden shiplap and, and things like that for a little bit. I need a break. I need something a little bit more. I, I think I'm ready for more formal. I totally agree with you. And do you know what's fun, though, is you do have a lot of rustic already. Just add, you know, a crystal chandelier or some mirrors or a couple modern pieces. You'll be surprised how well they work together and kind of amp it up. Oh, that's a that's great advice. So all those listeners out there, you know, if you're if you want to just glam up your your rustic, throw some mirrors and some chandeliers. That'd be beautiful. Such good advice. <laughs> just a little sparkle. Mm-hmm. We have, we all need more sparkle in our life. We all do. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So um, I love watching decorating shows, binge watching a glass of wine. That's that's like a, a great weekend to me. Um, and you've worked on a number of shows. Uh, so what's what's it like working on a, on a design show? It's actually way more drama than they put on air. And I sometimes wish they would show the real behind the scenes drama. It is absolutely nuts. The last show I did with Ty, it came across a little dry on air. The behind the scenes was insane. The homeowners were not prepared for what they got into, totally intimidated, freaking out. One locked my carpenter in a garage. <gasps> on purpose? Meltdowns on set. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. People, and they don't want to do the work, a lot of them. So they have <laughs> all my assistants behind the scenes doing work. I'm coming clean now. I'm going to get in trouble for this. But, oh, this is great. You no, know, it is absolute insanity. And then I think sometimes the shows come across as a little staged and awkward, and I wish mm-hmm. they would just capture more of, I would love to do a show about the behind the scenes of shooting a decor show because it's, you're invading people's homes. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times the stuff doesn't stay in them. So there's the upset when it's leaving or everything's done so quickly. The family's thrown into turmoil. It's pretty dramatic. Wow. <laughs> the meltdowns I've seen. Oh my goodness. You know, I can only like when imagine. I worked on Debbie Travis. Oh, sorry. No, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say, I can only imagine like, I know, I know the turmoil I feel when, when we've renovated and that's been like, you know, a year long project or whatever, not, you know, you, you're doing this in like a week or something. It's wow. That's amazing. It's insanity. I think mm-hmm. when I did the show with Ty, he was coming off Extreme Home Makeover, which they had massive budget for, mm-hmm. to a show that we're doing in Canada where each homeowner was getting probably basically like $2,000 worth of stuff and they had to do their own work. So it was wow. a smart move on Ty, but I just wish wish that we captured a bit more of that meltdown on air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, it's kind of mean, but interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but I, th- I think people would have really liked that because, I mean, we, we all know what to expect when we watch a design show, but this would be the unexpected. So, yeah, a new project for you, <laughs> a behind-the-scenes exactly. decor show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what was it like you worked with Debbie Travis as well? How was that? That was really interesting. She hired me. I was pretty young. I just started editing Chocolat Magazine, which was kind of my just second 
design editing job after Houston Hall, and she um, had me judge from the ground up. And the first season, it was, you know, students and stuff. But the second season, it was, you know, there were seasoned designers there, Parson Graz and stuff. So it was funny that I was judging them and a bit younger than them and a fair bit more inexperienced. But I guess Debbie liked my eye, and I appreciate that. But that one was an interesting one. That was very, because they were professionals, it was very cutthroat and competitive. But I think she captured that on the show. She's she gets it on her show. She gets really to show very authentic um, drama on her shows, which is interesting. Yeah, she has that. I, I, I want to chalk it up to her being Canadian. But she, I, I do like the way she does her shows. You you do get the feel that, like, and she will show you when she's feeling overwhelmed as well. It isn't like she's always calm and collected and everything's going to be perfect either. So I like that about her. I do too. I think that's why people have been fans of her for years because mm-hmm. there's a sincerity there. Yeah. So did you find when you were judging, like, behind the scenes on her show, did you have any of the contestants, were they resentful of you because they didn't feel like maybe you were as uh, experienced as they were? Definitely. Wow. Um, definitely, definitely, definitely. There was some awkwardness, and but some of them were really great. And it was, it was definitely interesting. I found that the ones who were pretty confident, they didn't have a problem with me, but the ones that I think had maybe on their resumes a little they couldn't figure it out <laughs> funny. It's so funny i love the the gossip <laughs> this is so funny this is great i know i love that i can tell people everything i'm like eh, that was years ago it's fine that's right and i'm sure if they were designers that were worth their salt and they've moved on and they've uh you know they've done great things so it's all it's all a wash now it doesn't matter exactly <laughs> yeah yeah okay so we're just going to change gears now and um I want to know what your your best uh, decorating um, deal was, like the, the best thing that maybe you've scored at a thrift store or you've just you've purchased it somewhere. And it's it's the thing that you love to talk about. Gosh, I have so many. Um, I love. Do you shop on Kijiji at all? Oh, you know, my whole house is actually I have a blog and <laughs> I did a blog post. And honestly, most of our furniture and shoes, everything is from Kijiji. I love it. I love Kijiji too. I of course I got a there was this horse headlamp I saw in Miami years ago at a gallery, and I didn't have the money at the time, and I recently got it on Kijiji for wow. three hundred dollars, and oh. I just found it randomly shopping, and it was regularly like twenty two. That's a huge one, and the designer doesn't make them anymore. I couldn't believe that there was one. I think I had it shipped from Vancouver. Wow, it was just random that it appeared there, and I found it. So I love the treasure hunt on there. Mm-hmm. That was definitely one of my greatest scores. Um, my first sofa that I attempted to design, I worked with a company in Northern Ontario and had them hand carve it, and we did fabric, and I always thought for what they charged me, the quality of it was absolutely insane. I find like a lot of good deals you can get when you go custom and actually take the time to have someone make it because mm-hmm. it still, it seems like a lot, but the quality that you're getting. Uh, I, Crystal Chandeliers, Age Antiques on Queen Street West in Toronto, picked up a couple for, you know, two, three hundred dollars. Wow. In amazing shape from the 1930s. So, yeah, I definitely am a bargain hunter. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's good because then you can fit more of the good stuff in your home. Exactly. And you can flip things out more. It's not, you know, mm-hmm. if you want to change your decor every season or put things and rotate them into storage. It's not such a, you don't feel so guilty. That's right. Yeah. 
Oh, that's great. Those are good tips too. Because if you haven't, honestly, if you're listening and you have not shopped on Kijiji, then you just go, just go now. Turn this off and <laughs> go find a computer and yeah. and start shopping. Or it's listen amazing. and search. And listen and search. <laughs> Thank you. You're doing a better job of promoting me than I am. Thank you. But yes, absolutely, it is. It is. It's it's a it's a great place to shop. Um, so, do you have a, a decorating uh, regret? Oh, no, I have a big one. It was, I think, the last, I did the Dream Home at the Home show for, gosh, a few years. And then the last one, I got City Line involved. So people were taking different rooms. And I'm not the most aggressive. And people, I got the entryway. But I went in and I just was in, I was, I think I was bored with design. Everything was really static at the time. So I decided to do basically an art installation in the entry and dining room instead. Some people really liked it. I'd say like 20% got it and liked it. The other 80% was like, I'm here to see a show home. What's going on? Oh, no. It was fun to do at the time, but I look mm -hmm. back at pictures now and I'm like, it's a lot. It was very much a Edgar Allan Poe art installation. Oh, so it was a <laughs> little dark? It made, oh, it was very dark. <laughs> <laughs> but it made me realize I still, because I used to, when I first started school and everything, I was playing you know, be a fine artist. And it made me tap into the fact that I need to exercise that muscle still and do really hyper creative things as well as design to kind of get it out of my system. So, oh, so it was a learning was experience. Now it's like, it was definitely a learning experience and it encouraged me to be a little more eclectic in my design, but kind of find that happy medium. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately there's still photos of it out there. So if you want to, uh, it, ready for Halloween that's for sure okay well I'll definitely <laughs> I'll definitely link it to <laughs> the show notes of this <laughs> no <laughs> uh, you're gonna go online and erase all the pictures take them all down tonight yeah oh I yeah. already did there's other places now oh. <laughs> unfortunately so is that maybe why you weren't you haven't done it since <laughs> yeah I took a break after that <laughs> the home shows are hard because you basically have to design the houses to withstand, you know, thousands and thousands of people walking through and furniture that can take it and stuff like that. So it's kind of, um, it's tough and it limits your design ability. So it's mm -hmm. not always, it's not always a fit anymore. It's kind of funny. I guess you grow out of things too. Right, right. Yeah. And I think too, those homes are uh, for a certain demographic as well. Um, you know, if you have a really yes. eclectic taste, that's probably not going to be something that you, you might want to walk through it, but that's probably not something you're going to want to live in forever. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I just, um, a little while ago, we were talking about Kijiji, and uh, you just partnered with Kijiji recently, and you were doing these on, on Instagram, and you were doing these uh, great little, uh, uh, you know, inexpensive, easy things for your home, and a few of them had to do with entertaining. And I know that you... Um, you often post about entertaining and just easy ways to entertain. So can you give us some tips to create a relaxed and informal maybe a dinner party or, or get together? I love taking it down a notch and going Moroccan style. So using your coffee table. Oh, it's great immediately. It's Yeah, people walk in your space or if you don't have a dining room, if you're in a small space, get some great colorful throw pillows, throw them around, have candles going, finger food. It's immediately if someone walks, as soon as someone walks in, it's going to set the tone that it's relaxed. You're sitting down on the ground, it's mm -hmm. casual, it's finger food. That's probably one of my favorite ways to relax an entertaining space. Or another fun way is mix and match chinaware. Just kind of have fun with it and do this eclectic tabletop. Again, it's going to, your design is setting the tone that it's a relaxed uh, mm -hmm. vibe to have. Those are great tips. 
I like the the Moroccan style, and it doesn't even have to be um, Moroccan themed. You don't have to go and buy Moroccan, yeah, you no, know, like no, pillows yeah, exactly. or anything. Just just having that yeah. that vibe. Yes, that's perfect. That sounds really that sounds really great. Um, I need to have a Moroccan themed uh, dinner party now. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Saturday is calling for you. Yes, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so, how does the world of fashion influence home decor? And are are there any current or upcoming examples of this that you are, are pretty excited about? I think fashion really is two years ahead of home decor, and we see mm-hmm. it trickle in. Um, it really dictates everything, and I think what we're going to see now is Gucci went really eclectic about a year and a half ago, and really going in a bit you know, mysterious and stuff. And we're going to start to see that in homes. We're going to see a lot more velvet, a lot more embellishment, really like thick velvet drapes are going to come back, tassels. So all that kind of adornment, I call it maximalism that we see in clothing right now is now making its way into the home. I'm so excited about that. I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little over white walls. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. So do you, do you feel that with (laughs) like social media um, being so prevalent, that, that, you know, you were saying there's like a two-year lag between what we see in fashion, what we see in home decor, decor. Is that decreasing because, you know, we're kind of always plugged in all the time? It used to be about four years. It's two years mostly because to get the manufacturers to make stuff. So to develop okay. pieces that are inspired. Like fashion, you can turn around a garment so quickly, but mm-hmm. to get a sofa made and things like that, it takes a little bit longer. And then to get it into the stores, to get it to the people that are able to shop for it and put it in their home. So that's mm-hmm. usually why there's a bit, about a two-year gap. Oh, that's really interesting. And I didn't even, I didn't realize that, it, you know, it used to be four and now it's it's shorter. So, so that's really cool. Yeah. All right. So where do you turn when you need creative inspiration? Oh, I travel. I'm an obsessive traveler. I love traveling and exploring, going to hotels and restaurants and just Living life to the fullest is my inspiration. And I find inspiration from other people's designs, such as walking down an old street, seeing a crumbling building, an old pattern that may be wearing off on a wall. Travel is my lifeblood. I just, I'm so excited to always be doing it. I try to take one trip a month for inspiration. Um, amazing. But yeah, it's just, it's everything to me. And it's great when you travel frequently because I was just in London, England, and I'm going to San Miguel de Ande next month, and I might go to Iceland at the end of this month, oh, and then wow. you start to correlate such random regions into a new design concept. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, I call it filling my visual databank, which is your brain. It's the most important thing to do. I like how you describe that. That's really cool. And I, I heard a quote how, um, and I'm paraphrasing it terribly, but like you're you're creative you have a creative muscle and if you don't travel and if you don't see new things then it kind of dies so you're you're totally just oh, flexing it totally that. Does. yeah so where has been your favorite place to travel oh gosh i love the canadian rockies which is unexpected but i take design inspiration from nature i love uh shoreditch in london so much there's just a really cool movement going on there right now paris you can't go wrong with i love the maurice there and, you know, places in Mexico, New York City. If you go onto my um, website, actually, Kelly just redid it for me, who works with me. And we've got all my favorite travel destinations and my favorite things to see up on there. So if anyone wants to check that out, there's lots of great lots of great places to see on that. Oh, for sure. I'll definitely be checking that out. That's so exciting. Wow. So what's your favorite Instagram feeds? Oh, gosh. Okay. So I love, not just because they're my client, but Silver, the Silver Fox LA. Mm-hmm. They do kind of this cool masculine glam style which I love um, I think it's Laura Kelly that I like as well 
she does a lot of retro stuff. Laura Kitty. Laura Kitty. So her okay. Instagram handle is Laura Kitty, and it's super cool. I'm just on her page right now, and it's they're showing the female perfume Tigress by Fabergé, 1967. So that's, that's another fun one as well. I love Carolyn Breland. Her stories are hysterical. She's just like a modern-day glamour girl. Um, Diane Breland's great-granddaughter. So hers is fun. And I love Ghosts of Anarchy. It's Rescue Ghosts. My favorite. So I check them every day to see you know the ghosts are doing in their little wheelchairs. <laughs> okay, I don't know that, but I'm I'm gonna head on there right now because I have to see these goats. Oh, it's amazing, so and they're so cute. Melly's my Melly's my favorite goat oh, on there. Melly, oh okay, I have to go find Melly. And have you heard of goat yoga? Yeah. Have you heard of this? No, I'll Google oh, that now though. <laughs> it's a goat yoga. If you like goats, there's this. They do it. Um, I'm from the Niagara region, and there's a, a winery that does it. And you do yoga, and the goats come in. They're baby goats, and so you know when you're like in in a downward dog or a, a cow position, they'll actually hop up on your back because they're just hanging out with you, and they like rub up against you. So. Okay, stop. That's, <laughs> hilarious. I need to do that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Goat yoga. So so goat a- anarchy. That's right. That's the name of the the. Um, Instagram say? Energy, yeah. okay and uh goat yoga okay <laughs> that's wonderful <laughs> that's great I like how it fits together too you've got this really eclectic um different different feeds and different people that you follow and and just even when you find inspiration from all these really different travel destinations I I think that says a lot about your style without even if anyone hasn't seen it I think they can kind of start to put together um a picture in their mind maybe of uh, of you know you and your in your individuality I think that's fabulous oh thank you so one last question what are you working on right now working on um the silver fox design so that's our big project down here and then just prepping for a lot of holiday segments going to do a big um showroom display with Home Depot doing some more stuff with Mobilia so busy busy and then planning my upcoming trip so like I said hopefully hitting Iceland and mm-hmm. definitely going to San Miguel de Ande which I'm really excited about it's just one best um, city to visit in the world from Condé Nast so wow. really excited to see that yeah that is and exciting that's it. oh that's it you know hardly anything at all well Jeanette thank you so much for chatting with me today this has been great you're you're so much fun and that really comes through not only in in, in talking to you but that really comes through in your design um and, and in your social media so thank you so much Well, that means the world to me. Thank you so much. Have a great afternoon. Thank you. You too. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed our guest today. Please visit our website, thehuntedandgather.com, for more information on today's episode, show notes, and links. I'd love to hear your comments, questions, and suggestions for upcoming shows. And remember, it's not about having the best. A home should be a place that makes you feel your best. (laughs) 